Yeah, if these felt, young rappers love killing each other. Yeah, it felt really. This is not good for corporate content. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sife, we have a sponsor. Sorry, sorry. So, anyways, we started doing the podcast One Up is Life. And then our dear friends at Monster said, yo, you want to go to SneakerCon? Yeah. And Sife, you used to be quite a sneakerhead back in the day. Uh, I'm a Nike head. Do you wear chains that excite the feds? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, by the way, if you got that joke, you're supposed to be here. Exactly. You're supposed to be here. Hey, do you even know who Nas is? Nas? Nas. You don't even know who Nas is. Sife, Sife. You know. Sife, you're yelling at children. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sife, Sife. Do not yell. Do not yell at these children. You don't know Nas. You only know Nas X. You only know. He said Lil Nas X. Let's have a serious conversation. Do you really only know Lil Nas X and not Nas? You don't know who Nas is. You know Nas. Security! <laughs> Remove these little white children. No, no they're Take fine. Take the white children out. No, they're fine. Leave them alone. Okay, fine. You can stay. You can stay. You'll learn today, though. You'll learn today. Are you, you know who Nas is, right? You know Nas. Okay. Are you from? Are you guys from this area? You're from, You're from Kentucky? Kentucky? Oh, I love the show Justified. <laughs> All right. Well, then forget it. Um, we have a very special guest today who we realized earlier through our crack research mm-hmm. has been on this show three different times. Yes. But has never been on the show by himself. A solo guest. As a solo guest until today. Now, I've interviewed him many times for other things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have as well. I actually interviewed him for Monster. But today, for the first time ever on One Ep Is Life, yeah. Make some noise for one of the best to ever do it out of Detroit, Detroit ladies and gentlemen. Own. Detroit's own Woo. Royce the Five Nine. Oh. You know, there's a story behind that there saloon. Twenty years ago, two outlaws took this whole town. The abs over. on this man. I just Sheriff hit his abs. Man, this guy's been working out. How y'all doing? Thank you. Thank you very much. That's that a big compliment a at SneakerCon. Yeah. This kid just yelled out, "I like Thank your you. shoes." I, we, Sife and I were intimidated to even try to, like, wear shoes that were too good today. Yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. It's like, why bother? We're not going to... I'm going to get outclassed by an 11-year-old. What's the, what's how, the point? Well, so far, I'm doing good. Because he... My yeah, man those, right look, here fi- those are fire. How, um, how am I supposed to feel on... Uh, we've been up here for at least five minutes. And the moment Royce comes up, all camera phones come out. Yeah, well... How, how should that make my ego feel? The way it feels generally, depressed, terrible, yeah. bad, <laughs> less than. Um, but is that isn't that crazy that we realized that we never had you just on the podcast solo? Yeah, that was, that, that's kind of crazy. You you came on with uh, Slaughterhouse. Yep. Um, you Prime. came on with DJ Premier for okay. Prime. Prime. And you came on with the other guy uh, for Bad Meets Evil. Did I? Well, yeah, yeah we came to Detroit. Remember, oh. we went. We went to M Studio and did it in Detroit. Do you know who Eminem is? Huh? You know Eminem? Oh, that one he knows. Look how, look how he's answering though. <laughs> have you got? Have you guys been to Mom's Spaghetti? Have you been to Mom's Spaghetti? Have you spaghetti? been to Mom's Spaghetti? Is Eminem no. owns a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti? It's slapping. It's slapping. It's slapping. It's slapping. Everyone agrees, Mom's Spaghetti slapping. Make some noise for Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had mom's spaghetti, Royce? Yes, I have. Slapping? Yes, it's very good. Very good. Um, so, yeah, so Saif and I were like talking about what to talk to you about, and then we realized that we hadn't ever sort of done the full-on like Royce origin, origin story. A one-up version of the origin story. The origin story. The okay. origin story of, okay. of, of Royce 
the 5'9", of young Ryan. Where exactly are you from out here? I'm from Oak Park. Where is that in relation to where we sit right now? Um, which, north. Mi- which mile is it? It's closer to eight mile. Saif, not everything's a mile. I think everything out here is a mile. <laughs> what, is your, what is your fascination with miles? It's the only thing he knows. I thought everything out here was a mile. They, eight eight mile, seven mile. mile. There's nine mile and yeah, ten yeah, mile? Yeah, we got nine mile Wait, how many miles are there? 18 is miles? Is really 18? No, over 30? No, it's more than 18. There's over 30 miles? Uh-oh. Wow. You gonna oh. arrest me? There's a guy. You don't a, like my outfit? There's a guy a dressed fit. as a cop. Oh, hold on. With pink handcuffs. I, I think this guy's doing a bit. He's doing a bit. He's, he's, he's dressed as a am cop. Am I under arrest? He what? has pink handcuffs. You can come up. We're allowed. That's the only time I'd ever allow. What the did police. I do, bro? I'm sorry. The, the pants aren't valid. You don't like the pants? Nah. But we <laughs> don't like the handcuffs. That doesn't matter, bro. <laughs> Listen here, okay? Okay. All right, hand them, Royce, lean your mic over towards him so you can hear what he's saying. Yeah, you're going to have to leave right now. Okay. Okay. No, we can't. Option number one. We can't do that. Okay. Okay. Second option's a ticket, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Third option is you put your hands behind your back and you come with me right now. Okay. We'll take the ticket. I'll take the ticket. We'll We'll take take the the ticket. ticket. We'll take the ticket. Find anyone with a monster hat and they will take care of us. What is that going to cost me? How much do you want it to cost you? I feel like you're going to take your shirt off any second now and I don't want it. Are you going to strip? Don't strip. Don't strip. Who said this strippergram to right, here, race here. the five go, times? Go. Should, I, should I take it off? No, 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 no. No, that's a different podcast. Okay, okay. Give me the ticket, man. All right, I'm going to write you a ticket. What is the ticket for? It's for these black pants, bro. The pants are fire, though. I like the pants. I don't, I, I don't make the law, okay? I just enforce it. Okay. Okay. It don't matter. Okay, you we had... You, we had... <laughs> Mr. Fashion Police... All right, all right, I'll take the ticket. Mr. Fashion Police, yes. we've had fun, but Royce's goons are starting to look at you. Yeah, so just, so you might want to back up just a little just bit. Just walk that this, way. This, yeah, there you go. But thank you. We'll take the ticket. Wow. Thank you. Some real this motherfucker just charged me $2,000. <laughs> hey, man, where does this money go to? No, I'm not going to lie. It was fun. But the goons started, I saw the eyes. <laughs> saw eyes. Like, <laughs> Yo, the ticket just says $2,000. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. All right, so you're from Oak Park. Yes. Which is which is like where, give, can you give us a little bit of a map of Detroit between, of where that between is? Between 8 and 9 Mile. Okay, between 8 and 9 Mile. Yeah, it's a, it's a suburb right outside of Detroit. Eight, okay. mile, 8 Mile is basically the partition between Detroit and Oak oh, Park. Oh, okay. And were you... An obsessive hip hop kid. I feel like you were the, like the obsessed big hip hop kid from pretty early. No, I mean I was more into sports than anything. But LL Cool J made me want to be him. Well, what were the sports first? You were into Detroit sports, ba- like basket- Isaiah Thomas, basketball and boxing. Tommy yeah. Hearns, Isaiah Thomas, yes, yes, Joe Dumars, Joe Dumar, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar, Sugar Ray, Ray Leonard, Leonard. the Bad Boy Pistons. Mm. Yep, the U of M Fab Five. Oh, the Fab Five too, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So that was your first obsession. Were you, were Chris you- Webber. There you go, Scythe. Oh, yes. Who'd he say? He Chris said Chris Weber. Weber. Of course. J- Jim, uh, J- Jalen Rose. Jay Rose. I, he went, he's been to my house. Jalen Rose? Yeah. Why has Jalen Rose been to your house? At the time, a woman he was uh, invested in was okay, recording. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, she was a singer. Oh, you meant literally invested in? Yeah, invested in. Oh, 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 sorry. No, not. <laughs> I thought you meant to I'm not putting his business out I, I thought that was crazy. <laughs> um, so were you not good at sports? I'm very good at sports. Well, how good? 
Like, and what sports? Way better than both of y'all. Well, well, hold on. Yeah. Don't even count Scythe. Yeah, okay. even... <laughs> but I'll take the insult, but not Scythe. He doesn't deserve that. I don't even know about sports. You were basketball? That's pretty good. I was varsity level, basketball, high school. Starting guard. Would your name suggest the reason that your career was stunted, being 5'9", or was it just you were, you were good enough for high school basketball and that was it? If I could jump a little bit higher, then I probably would have yeah, been able two, to play B1. Yeah, two, three more inches. Yeah, I couldn't really jump that high. Like if he was Royce 6. Yeah, but that would suck. If he was Royce the 6'0", wouldn't work. Royce maybe, the 5'11". Maybe, maybe, maybe if I was like 6'4". Then Royce six, the 6'1". Six, yeah. Six four. It has the same ring to no, it. No, but six one isn't enough oh. to like change your life as a basketball player. <laughs> I thought there was a short basketball player. Yeah, it is, but like they are, to, but they can jump. Yeah, and they have to be really like exceptionally good. I meant the height of the jump. I hear what you're saying. Anyways, so at what point did you uh did rap become like the focus as like I'm not gonna make it? <clears throat> for me, it was my freshman year. I tried out for the basketball team, did not make it. Literally got turntables that year. Was like, I'm just going DJing. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. When did you start realizing, like, I'm going to try the, the rap thing? I started writing, writing my raps down at about senior year in high school. Um, I started taking it serious, like, right after graduation. I so, was taking so it serious. The, well, like I, start, I started going to the hip-hop shop. Right. The first time I went to the hip-hop shop, I rapped, and I got gonged. I got gonged. They had a gong in there? They did yeah. a, the full gong thing? Yes, yes, yes. So I, I almost... I almost wasn't a rapper. Like, that killed my confidence. I thought I wasn't ready. I walked in there, I seen Proof, Elzai. Wait, wait, hold um, on. The first time you were there, Proof and Elzai. Proof, Elzai, Marshall, um, all of the killers. They were all there the first all day? All there, all there. Okay, so just take me through this. Yeah, I, I need I, to understand. I, I was going to say the same thing. How the fuck? Sorry, Uh-oh, children. Easy, easy. Sorry, Sorry easy. kids. That's a curse word in, in yeah. con- you're looking up Nas? Good. This kid's doing research. You really don't know Nas? Really? <laughs> no, that's not. No, it's, no. That's that was, how it is nowadays. That's the old, that's the old man. But, okay, so I want to understand this. How did you have the confidence to walk in there at that stage? Like, I, just, I don't think I've ever no, done I, anything I, that I, brave. I want to even go back. Like, what is in there? Like, what was this place? The hip-hop shop was, a, it was an open mic slash clothing store that was owned by Maurice Malone. Right. I remember hearing that. But so, it was, yeah. So, in the daytime, it was like a, just a retail clothing store. Actually, actually, the, um, the open mic took place in the daytime. Oh, it was in the daytime? Yeah, yeah. It was like Saturday. And Saturday. there was a crowd? Yeah. All, all rappers, all MCs. Everybody in there Pretty wanted much. to be a rapper. Pretty much, yes. Okay. Can, do you mind taking out your toothpick? I feel like afterwards, every now, you comment... You I bit my tongue. Oh, so you're... I bit my t- yeah, I bit my tongue today chewing gum. So oh, so you're protecting your... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, then yeah. protect yourself. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, listeners at a, home. He had a straw in his mouth the entire Matt <laughs> episode. Did he really? Yeah. That's what he does. So, I, have a, I have a wicked oral fixation as well. So. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, yeah. I get it. I, I totally get it. So had you already been there a bunch to observe? No, no, no. This was my first time going. You just walked in? First time, yeah. You have to put your name in a hat or something? So what you do is you stand around in a circle, yep. and proof is he's like the host, and he just right. passes the mic around. Shit. So you, yeah. So if you, if you get it, there, if you get it, you got to rap, and then DJ Head is up top on the ones and twos, and if you don't get like a reaction fast enough, then he puts on gong music, and you got to pass the mic. Wow. So and and uh, of course that character would go be played by Mackay Pfeiffer in the movie, right? Is that the proof character? Or is that someone else supposed to be someone else? 
loosely based. Loosely based yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they changed the relationship and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So Proof was known as an MC and as the host. Proof is known as the, the best MC. So basically, he had won the spot as like, it's he, his he was, now. He was number one. Because he's number for one. For sure, for sure. So he's like practically having everyone else try out to be number mm-hmm. two. Yep. So if you were in there, you could rap. You yes, get if, to rap. If you, if you could get the mic, yes, you can. So, okay, so you got to be in the front of the circle. Yeah. So you get the mic the first time. How, now, realistically, looking back, do you remember what your bars were like? I, I don't remember what the bars were, but I remember that the bars were very complicated, using a lot of big words. Oh, so you and didn't... And that didn't go over well in there. With, with that you crowd. didn't win the crowd, not because nah. you weren't good enough, it's because you were too good. I wasn't good enough. <laughs> I wasn't good enough. How many times did, did, you, did you go back again and get gonged again? I went back again after I started going to a place called the Ebony Showcase. And that was like a different atmosphere. You go in there, you sign your name, and then they call people one by one, you know what I'm saying, based on where your name is. And you stand, the crowd is in front of you, and you stand on the stage, and you basically can pick your own beat. It's way more controlled. It's a different kind of environment. Right. And it's not as much pressure. Like, people aren't there to, to necessarily judge you. It's like way more just... People yeah, showing he's not support. Breathing on your neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. He so wants to rap next. It won't kill your confidence like right, that. You know right. what I mean? Like being around all those killers, listening to Elzai and them. It was just they were just too good. By the way, it's fascinating to me that Elzai was around from that point because I didn't get to know Elzai until when he joined Slum Village years yeah. later. Yeah. So wait, so so you're you practice up at the Ebony Showcase? Yep. And get your skills right. Now, when you walked into the hip hop shop the first time. Did you already know Marshall? I didn't know anybody. So they were all strangers. Yep. But you knew that they were all nasty? Like it was already a known I thing? knew about Proof. You knew about I, Proof? I had already only? heard about Proof, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's so crazy. Did Marshall rap that day? Uh, No, not that day. You didn't see him that not day? Not that day, yeah. I didn't see him. But he was already established as one of the dudes who was doing it? Yeah, they, they all looked like they pretty much knew each other. It was like a fraternity. I, I could tell that everybody was familiar with each other, and I was kind of right. like an outsider. Right. Because right, I was right. younger than all those guys. So that flex. Yeah, that's a big flex. He's like basically calling him old is what he's trying to play. I was younger than all of them. Right. Everybody. I was Wait, like, younger I was, than Elzai too? Me and Elzai are the same, same age. Okay, Elzai. So he was the young one of that yep, group. Yep, yep. So you go to the other showcase, you practice up, mm-hmm. and then you decide to go back. I go back and I have I have a better understanding of what to do there. And right. I was a little bit more known. Like I, I had actually got to a point where I developed a little bit of a buzz within the community. And I went back in there and everything went good. What was your name at this time? Royce the 5'9". It was already Royce the 5'9". Mm-hmm. Wikipedia said that very early on for a short time, your name was R-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, um, that was just an alias that, that, that I had that I picked up in high school from fighting. From fighting? Yeah. Oh. I used to fight a lot. I can simultaneously see you being that guy, mm-hmm. and yet it's also weird to see you as that guy because so, you so don't appear to be that guy in the entire time that I've known you. Just, just in a competitive space. Like, it usually happened when we were playing basketball. I wasn't, uh, like a, I wasn't like a bully or anything like that. You were the guy, though. You were the guy who was quick to fight after a foul call or no foul call. Yeah, or have my friends back. Or just jump in yeah. with someone else. Mm, that was good. So, so what happened after you succeeded at the hip-hop shop? I just kept going. That's when I knew I could be good enough to actually do something with it. So I just kept, I just kept at how, it. How far between what we consider like one of your first releases from that when you first started at the hip-hop shop? How many years in between? 
Bad Meets Evil, the vinyl, was probably the first thing that I that I was a part of that came out that right. was heard around the world. And that's like, what, 98? 97, 98, something like so that. So what year is this then? I graduated in 96. So this oh, year, that's yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's so, so much was happening so mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and by the time Infinite came out, were you guys already close? No, I heard Infinite before I met Marshall. Oh, you'd already, it was already moving around like yeah. people were talking about it yep, in the city? Yep, yep. Infinite and the Slim Shady EP. Got it. What's Infinite? Really? That's Marshall's first album. Album? Independent, yeah. Before Slim Shady EP? Yep. Oh, I thought the Slim Shady EP was first. Nope. That's the first time I ever and, heard of it. Mr. Porter, Mr. Porter did the whole album. He produced the whole album. <laughs> That's what? Mr. P- Mr. Porter produced the whole Mr. album. Mr. Porter. Yeah. It's a non-Porter. So, oh. so, by the way, Infinite Scythe, culturally, it didn't really make it to where I was at. Like, it was around at the stores. Like, I'm sure Fat Beat sold it. But it, no. it, you don't think Fat, you don't remember selling I don't, it? I don't think Fat Beat sold it. I remember when Slim Shady EP came into Fat Beats and everybody was, like, mesmerized by listening to it. But you never seen Infinite there, right? No. Yeah, okay. Probably I not. feel like the Infinite thing almost became a bigger thing later. Yeah, it's, it beca- did. it's become like a cultural Right. It's like roots organics. Correct. Yeah. Right. yeah. But bigger, but way bigger, bigger because it's now considered the Eminem yeah. origin right, story. Right, right. Is it good? I don't I don't even know the whole it's project. Amazing. What's interesting about it is when you think of Eminem and Royce's music, you think of the sound being like I, I feel like more like late nineties, two thousand sound. Infinite shit to me sounds very mid '90s backpack rap. Really? It's, to me, mm, okay. Like it has a more. I don't think of that being Eminem sound as time went on. It sounds like anything that could have been a random single on, maybe not Fondulum, but like one of the random indies that we're just putting it, it out. Wasn't, it wasn't as content driven. No, it, it was good. Rap oriented. It was it was boom bappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight rapping over beat. Just straight rapping yeah. over beat. Mm-hmm. Very college radio shit. Yes, yes. Like yes. the definition yeah, of yeah. college radio shit. So, were you? How quickly did you guys get close? As soon as we met, I met him. I met him. You remember Tabernacle? Yep. I met him the night my son was born. Uh, we had already heard of each other. You know what I mean? I was opening up for Usher at a show. Um, he heard me kick a acapella on stage. And he asked to meet me. So we met each other, exchanged numbers, and we started talking on the phone. And that's how the song Bad Meets Evil ended up happening. Once we did that, he took a liking to me. He got his deal with Dre, and the rest is history. And did, oh, you, and did you remind him, history. like, I stood next to you at the hip-hop shop, like, when I first walked I'm in sure, there? I'm sure I talked to him about that at some point. So how did you end up opening for Usher? I love these stories of, like, the... Who's yeah, because it was like... A, it, it, it came through the owner of the club. I can't remember the name of the club. Kino, what was the name Kino, of the club? Kino, what was the name of the club? Kino's over there. Where was it? It was on the east side. He doesn't remember. Yeah, it was like... Oh, was the it? Palladium. The Palladium. It was called the Palladium on the east side. Nah, nah, not Harpo's. That's the first time I came to Detroit. Harpo's. Yeah, Wait, yeah, who yeah. are you with? It, it was the I was with Little Kim. Oh, wow. I used to DJ for you Little D- Kim. You DJ for I Little Kim. Kim. Little Kim did. did Harpo's? Harpo's. Wow. The stage is mad high, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. And some dudes with gator boots picked us up from the airport. With gator boots? Thank you, Sif. That's not relevant to this story. It is. You know that song? Yeah. When Biggie says the thing about gator Detroit boots? gator boots? Yeah, oh, that's true. It's related. Wow. I'm You're right. Pop, it I'm hip-hop royalty. Now, um... Wait, so, so, so the promoter of this club got you the spot opening for Usher, but if this is early, this is like Usher's second album, maybe? He was still young. He was still a kid. Yeah, he's still really mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. It might have been Usher Raymond. 
Uh, maybe. Oh, is you oh, make you me wanna? wanna. Oh, that's yes. big. No, that second album. That's that's second that, album yeah. yeah. He was big. Yo, by the way, it was, I, I went to the Usher show last week. You make me wanna. It's so funny. You think of it as being like such a big record. At least I do. When he plays You Make Me Wanna at the show now, it feels like it feels like I'm gonna play you one of my fun little oldies. It does it didn't feel like it's too, it didn't feel it's too as, as big as some of the hits he, he had yeah. after that. Right, because yeah, yeah. the there's been too many ones right. that were a, so big. It's like a massive. huge R and B record. It didn't go pop like his other records. Yeah. Right. That's right. Right. Uh someone just a big fan of You Make Me Wanna? I understand. <laughs> um That was okay. So so he gets the deal with he gets the deal with Be Aftermath. Great. Yep. And you end up putting out your single on game. Yep. Did you put out stuff indie before that, prior to any of the stuff we no. were on game? No. So you never had indie stuff out before? Nope. So your your first releases were real releases? It was an indie release. It was just yeah, bad music. I know yeah. indie as a post. That, like, that was through game records as well. So yeah. me putting out something solo through game records was just an extension of that. Of the bad meets yeah, evil. Yeah. So how did the bad meets e- evil deal happen? John Schechter, he's a good friend of mine now, but he was introduced to me through Paul Rosenberg, who's M's partner. So manager. Paul Rosenberg, who at the time was already M's, manager. already was M's manager, manager but yep. you didn't know him yet at the time. You were just getting uh, to know him? Of course him? I knew Paul. Of course I knew Paul. But did you have a professional relationship with him yet also or no? Just a friend, friend Just a friend. relationship. And he's running Goliath Management already? Goliath Management came way later. So he's just a lawyer? He's a lawyer slash manager. Okay. Both, both, yeah. And and he's got the John Schechter relationship. And for people mm-hmm. who don't know, because we're old as shit, yeah. John <laughs> Schechter started the Source magazine yeah. many years earlier at Harvard, and he was in a weird rap group called Big Men on Campus. I didn't know about that part. You didn't know that? No. You remember that, right? Yeah. Big man on campus. Who was a part of this rap group? Yo, him and other nerdy Harvard white guys. Okay. Like, if you look it up, you'll see the pictures on the, on the back. They're wearing, like, Harvard clothes. It's okay. wild. Okay. I don't even know how the songs go, but I, it's one of those, like, collectible pieces of vinyl. Mm. And um, start, started the source as basically, like, a newsletter that eventually became a huge magazine. And at this point now, I guess, he was already out of the source. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it was the be- getting towards the Benzino era of the source yeah which is for a different part of the conversation altogether mm-hmm. so Schechter starts this label mm-hmm. and and they just said the relationship through Paul they were able to you guys were able to navigate a deal through game to put out bad meets evil simultaneously with M working with aftermath yes 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 that's exactly how it went so we um I can't remember exactly all of the particulars but Paul wanted to set it up to where M can do things outside of this deal also to help build me, you know what I mean? So it was just like, and then we, we just like rapping with each other. And we already had songs, and we wanted to loop Reef into the equation. We wanted to loop Alchemist into the equation. So we just kept doing shit together. I also became his hype man for a minute. Became M's hype man for a minute. So we, oh, just, so you we were just, do shows with M. We were just together all the time, you yeah. know what I mean? So we were just building. Over the years, you've done a good amount of shows hyping for him, too. Yeah, probably about two years. Do you ever go to shows and see people hyping for people? Like, this is like what we're like with DJs, and be like, nah, man, what, the, what are you doing? That's not what you do. <laughs> nah, I try not to be a hype man, judge men on a hype man. But Spliff Star is probably the best I've ever seen. What makes him so good? Because, yeah, there energy. is... Energy. Energy and synergy. Wait, who's so good? Spliff Star. Star. Oh, yeah. Energy and synergy. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Buster's one of the greatest. Well, yeah, Buster's also yeah. the greatest performer who ever lived. But in fact, that could make it seem like Spliff Star's role is even less necessary 
But somehow, even though Busta's amazing, Spliffstar is so good at it that he also seems like a necessary part of the show. They know each other so well. You know what I mean? Besides, Spliffstar walks on stage like he's wearing the red boots. (laughs) He does does like the big walk out with him. Um, So obviously, M's doing all this crazy shit, Mm -hmm. and you're a big part of it, and you're doing the shows with them, etc. But you also must be thinking, I'm guessing, I need to continue to build my shit. Yeah. So how did you go about doing that, like getting out and making your own relationships and making your own way? Well, let me tell you how I met Dre. So I'm sitting in my mom's crib one day. Um, I, remember, I remember sending my demo out to Marshall when he was out in Cali so he can listen to the songs. I get a call one day. My dad comes in the room and says, Ryan, is the Dr. Dre on the phone for you? I answer the phone. I'm like, hello? Yo, what's up? It's Dre. So he, he basically said he, Marshall played my shit for him and he filling my shit and he was like, would you be down to come out here and work with us? I was like, hell yeah. So I went out to Cali and we started working on the Chronic. Chronic 2. The Chronic 2. Chronic 2, yeah. We started working on the Chronic and um, from there, I ended up signing a deal with Tommy Boy where my album was executive produced by Marshall. And you know, my, my career that was a big of, And that was a big money deal, right? That was yeah. the deals that are hard to come by these days. Yes, sir. Yes, they forked over a large stack of cash. They did. They did. There's a, um, a version of Explosive where you on the hook. The way that, I be pimping. The way I be pimping. That, that floats around the real DJs. Like, if you hear a DJ play that, you're like, oh, you a real mm-hmm. dude. Like, I'll play it right before I play Explosive. And it's the Explosive beat, but with him on the hook. I have no idea how these songs get out either. Wait, I so was it was the same. Vital. It was the same verses with just Royce on I the think hook. Different verses. I never played a verse. I always just play his hook. They, was, still, they were the verses that I wrote. Yeah, that was like that was like the first stab at that song that, that exists. Yeah. How many of the songs that ended up on the album did you work on or or do things for? Um, the message with Mary J. Blige. Shit. Produced by Finesse, right? Laura Finesse, Laura Finesse, and Dr. Dre. Yeah. So you wrote that record? Yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty it's cool. cool, man. It's tight, I guess. It's so funny. We're doing this fun, stupid thing on the radio where we're trying to like count down the greatest rap songs of all time. Okay. And the other day, the, the year range we were in was 96 to 2000. Okay. And like, I was like, you could just do chronic 2001 records for this whole thing. Like, when you think about how iconic still DRE is... Mm-hmm. And how iconic Forgot About Dre is. And how crazy. Next episode. Next episode, Explosive. It's really, it's an insane project to be a part of. Like, do, what a, what do, a crazy. Why do, people, why do people want to see Dre in the verses? Why? I know. What did you uh, say? He said, why, why do people want to see Dre in the verses? Like, who could he go against in verses? Nobody. The truth is he can't. It's impossible. Because even the other producers who I would argue are as talented Let's say that none of they don't have the records that are as that are that feel big enough to compete Not with those boy? records. Puff is the only one. And I don't think I, who's the only one? Puff? Puff. I think I think as far as the songs that would come out and the and the 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 part they played in hip hop history, mm-hmm. those are the only two that would stand up against each other. Too much history. By the way, can you imagine if they did that, in all seriousness, how many tickets could they sell to a live bad boy aftermath 
versus. You you would have to have that at an arena. You could go. You might are be able do, to go I stadium. They were doing, I thought they were doing Bad Boy uh, So So Deaf. That's that's one they talk about, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. That's a pretty good that's one too. Because people sleep on JD's catalog for sure. Definitely. Yeah, but they got I, JD Puff, is a monster. Puff would only do Bad Boy versus So So Deaf because he knows Dre will never do it. But it really should be Bad Boy versus uh, Dre Aftermath. Really? You think you think Dre would ever do something like that or no? I'm not sure. So first of all, I've never met Dr. Dre. He's like my uh, what's it called? What's the thing that white you, whale? He's my white whale in hip hop. <laughs> I've never met him. Um, and when he spoke recently at the Grammys when he won that award, and he got up there and spoke, it was like the first time I'd ever even seen him in that sort of environment. You know, like what, what environment? Like openly speaking about his life and career. Like okay. I just don't think of Dre. Dre has done such a brilliant job keeping himself sort of rare. Like a unicorn. He's a unicorn. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't. Dre's not just popping up on on a podcast run. You know, like right. that's not right. what Dre does. Right. So to that's see right. him, if he were to ever do that, I I I can't even make a judgment on what his personality is like because I haven't seen it enough. Did you keep a relationship with him over the years? Absolutely, absolutely. We speak all the time on text. Do you ever text with Dr. Dre? No. You don't even text Why with Why not, Sife? I don't, know, I don't know him like that. <laughs> you know him at all? I met him. I wouldn't say I know him. Would you, you wouldn't say that, that you forgot about him. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, so, so how does the, uh, let's, we got to talk about Boom. You and I, okay. we always talk about it in a loose way, but like. Oh, that one time I was DJing in London and uh, the, the, um, Dre and Dr. Uh, Dre and Eminem tour was in town that same night, and they came to our party after their concert. And the VIP was above the DJ booth, so I'm killing it, right? Killing it, killing it. Playing Wu Tang album cuts, they're going crazy. Who's the guy that used to direct all the Dre stuff? Um, he directed a lot of videos. Director X. No. Phil Atwell. Phil Atwell. Phil Atwell. There you go. Phil Atwell comes downstairs. From the VIP, and he got a camera. He goes, "Yo, Dre's loving everything you're doing. He wants you to do like a drop." I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I'm in the camera. I'm like, "Yo, Dr. Dre, Eminem in the building. We killing da 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 da." And he's like, "Oh, thanks, bro." And he walks away because he couldn't hear me because it was so loud. I was in a mic, and he walks away. I go, "I didn't say my name." <laughs> I didn't say my name. Like, so there's some random Puerto Rican guy yelling into Phil Atwell's camera. Shouting out Dre. Without a shout I out yourself. You never said my name. Good job, Syph. I'm like, well, there it goes. You were nervous? You nervous? Hell yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> Wait, was there a point to Boom? Was Boom related? Oh, sorry. So I was in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was in Europe where that is one of the biggest hip-hop songs of all time. If you go to Germany and don't play Royce the 5'9 Boom, you failed as a DJ. <laughs> like even in a mainstream party? Mainstream. The mainstream. The techno party. Is this, is this true in line with your experience too, Royce? It's one of my songs that I definitely have to perform every time I perform. Did that song almost alone get you a lot of work in Europe? I think so. I think that's accurate, yeah. I can say that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. To me, that song is almost representative of an era. Like, if you were doing a Hip Hop 50 celebration and you're just hitting, like, a song to represent a moment in time... That entire sort of like run of indie, hardcore, primo produced, 
yeah. Pete Rock produced Dilla, that whole era. Yeah. That Boom might be the most representative song How of that era. Again? You know what? The thing about Boom, the thing about Boom is it was it was my first song that was pushed mainstream. It was the first song I ever did that had a mainstream push behind it. Right. Who was the mainstream push behind it? You guys like Sony, Columbia. Sony. Because it was what was it? A soundtrack or? Yeah, hip Carmen Hip Hopper with Beyonce. It was like the theme song, the title song to the. Wait, was it the original version? No. Or the it was the no. bullshit version? Yes. Ugh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> what? Well, so can you tell us the story? I don't know. Uh, maybe you no, and I have already no. talked I about mean, it. That's Don Einer. You got to you got to take that over Don Einer. They wanted me to change it. They wanted me to put a hook on it because they felt like it could be big. And me and Prem disagreed, but I went Obviously. against my better judgment and put a very bad hook on it. And they just put a hook and I deserve on it? I deserve everything that you have to say about it, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It was terrible. It's just so funny. I just love things like that because they're like they're things that unify hip hop heads. Like you just know it's like the only version you're talking about. I've had to download Boom a couple different times. Yeah. If I accidentally download that one, I'm so fucking upset. I'm mm. like, no. And it's so funny because it's not that different. It's just it didn't need a hook. It, it wasn't right. It, didn't it just work. wasn't right. It, didn't work. it was meant to just be the the scratches. That's all the, you. The need. only person who could save me in that situation was Preem. I couldn't say no. I didn't feel like I was, you know, in a, in position, a position to. to. Yeah. And Primo fought the fight, and they just you lost it. He, he fought. He fought a little bit, but they sweet talked him. And they then in the end, what they and then in the end, it didn't do anything. It didn't get bigger. Did it push the song further at all? No, not when I don't. Mm. The song had already made it to where it was probably going to get to. Mix show DJs Push, loved it. It. Pushed, it pushed it a little further, but people ended up forgetting about that version. Now, during this period of your life, because one thing you talk about a lot in your music that I've always been affected by is the the hard things you've been through. Um, alcoholism, recovery, jail. You've yeah. been through a lot of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. God damn, you are from Detroit. Yeah, your real Detroit life. How, where were you like in this period in the late 90s into the early 2000s as your career was becoming something? Where were you in terms of that stuff? Were you reckless? Were you out here drinking crazy? Were you still, was, was it not bad yet? Where were you yeah, at it, with it? It picked up, it picked up over time. I took my first drink when I was 21. You know what I'm saying? So... It used to be a thing to me not to drink or do none of those things at all. But um, I actually took my first drink with Dr. Dre. He offered me a drink, and I just said, yeah, because I didn't want to say no. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you, 21. 21. Wow. And you were that young when you went out there for that? Yeah, yeah. Wait, how much older is Marshall? I don't know. Five years, four years? Well, how old are you now? I'm 45 now. I think Marshall's like... 4950. Yeah, I think Marshall might be the big 50. Yeah, he might be already be the big 50. Sheesh. So, it's interesting cuz I What do you mean sheesh? What mile is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know you know 50 is is prime. That's prime years. Yeah, 50. I know. Yes, yeah, well, Sife knows he's staring it right in the face. Huh? I'm almost there. <laughs> he's staring it down. But I know that experience cuz when I was uh when I was young, I didn't take my first drink till I was 25. Okay. So I remember the same feeling you remember of it being a, like to not drink from the te- through the teenage yeah, years. Yep. And you obviously know this. You still don't drink. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal in those teenage years to not be drinking. Did you go to college? Yes. How did you make it through college, college without? I, I, would, I just I had no interest. I was, you know, for lack of a better word, stubborn about it. Like yep. I wasn't going to change my mind. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't need it. I'm good. And it wasn't until like my mid-20s. 
when I, and this will come as no surprise to really either of you knowing my personalities, it was a bad breakup that yeah. led to me even trying to have a drink. That I was like, oh, you, know, oh, you a bitch. <laughs> Saif, I don't know if you, you know a, this. Sorry, you got I'm a lot sorry. of you got a lot of bad breakups under I'm your sorry. belt. Who does it? Yeah, no, I have, I have, I have uh, a few, okay. but they all leveled me. Like, okay. I think I have a regular amount of breakups, but I think I realize that my reaction to them are not the same as other people's. You take them hard. They're they're like a debilitating, at least a year. Okay. I've I've been down for a year three times. Yeah. Damn. That's three years. You lost three years of your life. That's Swear to God, face down for for and and life is so full circle. On one of the times I was face down for a year, okay. the person hanging with me, consoling me, was one of the people who put me down for a year the first time. Right, okay. Life goes full circle. Wow. So that you was what even led to me having a drink. You got to go outside more. You know? uh, yeah, I, gotta, <laughs> but yo, do you guys know, do you guys remember the song Other Fish by The Far Side? Yeah. In the beginning of Other Fish by the Far Side, I don't know who's on the phone and who's receiving it. He's like, come on, man. We got to go outside. We got to catch some studs, dude. And he's like, nah, I'm going to just stay here for another hour, yo. <laughs> that was basically me. I just couldn't leave the house. So I tried drinking. Fortunately, I think I have a relatively healthy relationship with alcohol. Relatively. There's but, no, no such thing. But there's go no ahead. such thing. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Whatever that means. It mm-hmm. hasn't fucked up my life. Right. Um, other things have fucked up my life. Mm-hmm. That one's been like plays the background. Okay. Although it can always contribute with other things nicely. Yeah. Like if you have one thing that fucks with your life, alcohol come right in. And like if you deal, the shit out you of deal it. with eating, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't deal. No, you with don't well. deal with it. Yeah. You don't deal with it well. Let's put it this way: if you drink, which thank God you don't, you could be doing great on your eating mission, right? You could be down thirty. You're really in the zone. You go out one night, have a few drinks. It's the perfect catalyst yeah. to save, to give you just a case of the fuckets. Yeah. And you'll just do whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. you let go of all your inhibitions. I'm going to try it. Are you, are you stone sober now? Yes, sir. Ten how, years. Ten how many? Years. Ten years. Ten, Ten years. years. Thank wow. you. <laughs> I love when alcoholics clap for people that are sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's because everyone is an addict. Yes. So, like, everyone should be clapping. I, I always, I tell you all the time, I listen to the song Shake This. Okay. Um, which, if you don't know it, you probably don't know it because it was a, it was from the era when you were mainstreamed out. Um, <laughs> Who this guy? Yeah, he doesn't know shake this. He was in the clubs, whipping Lexuses and Benzes all through New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did this record with Premier called Shake This, and you tell the story of going to jail for the DUI. Yes. So in the you, it always is interesting to me in the in the song you say you basically showed up to court on some. Yeah. I'm gonna wear a nice suit. Yep. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna show up, pay the lawyer, and when I get there, they're gonna slap me on the wrist, and I'm gonna go home. My lawyer told me that, they, that that's what was going. Oh, happen. really? Yes, yes. And how many DUIs had you had previously? This is my third one. This is your third. Oh, that's not good. And the judge basically was just like, "Nah, bro, you keep the, fucking up." The prosecuting attorney recommended probation. The prosecution did. Yeah. So this was just the judge's the decision. Judge, the judge made an executive call. Shit. How do you feel about that now looking back at it? Best thing that ever happened to me. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. To go to jail. Mm -hmm. How long? A year. You were in jail for a year? Yes, sir. By the way, he was already a star. Like, this is is later. I remember when you went. I didn't know it was that long, though. And you're year. saying that's the best thing that ever happened. Yep, I needed to chill, well, I needed to chill out. Why? It, it made you sit down for was, a while? I was moving too fast. Yeah. I was just moving too fast. That's it. And she said it. She said, Mr. Montgomery, I got to shut you down. 
Wow. Did you ever talk to the judge again? No. I mean, house arrest would have been okay. Well, I ended up, I ended up getting work release with three months left in my, in my sentence. And what was your job? Go home and have Just sex with my it. wife. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And wrap it to Oh, that's a fun job. Yeah. Not your wife, just just the sex part. I know what you mean. I know. I never had sex with your wife. (laughs) Um, It came out wrong. So 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 you uh, do you can you still get the memory in your head of when the judge said one year? Like how surprised you were all the time, all the time. Nothing about nothing about that moment felt like the best decision. No no no. Not at that that moment. I thought she was being the devil. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. After, after sitting down for a while and how much mental clarity I had and how many books I read and how much time I had just to think, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, yeah, because I, I came out way stronger, right, way, way better. Crazy. But when you came out, you were stronger, but you had not found permanent sobriety yet, right? Not Cause, yet. Because I remember when I saw you, when you recorded a record with me in like, oh, eight, you were still drinking. You were back on the sauce, right? This was, this was after? After, was this after? But, it was, okay. but it was shortly after. Okay. It comes in levels, right? You yep. tighten things up a little bit. What made you realize you had to go complete sobriety? That was the only path for you. I call it a spiritual awakening. You know what I mean? Like, I've um, I tried everything. I tried only drinking wine. I tried only drinking on the weekends. None of that worked. After a while, it was just like... Once I get rid of this hard liquor, the problem is yeah. it's the hard liquor. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. problem. Be- being a Merlot? To, ain't nothing wrong with a Merlot. Being able to, being able to correlate... All of your problems and everything that's going wrong in your life to just one thing. Like alcohol was just a common denominator. So one day I just woke up and just realized that I had to kind of like take that out of your equation. And then you just took it out completely right then. Cut it out completely. Wow. Ten years ago. And was it meetings and 12-step? What did you do? Everything you can think of. You did it all. First thing I did was call Marshall. I called Marshall. Was was he already sober? Yep. Okay. He was like five years in. Yeah, I called him, and he was just like, yo, come home. He put me into this facility where I just, you know, because cold turkey off alcohol is very dangerous. That's a very dangerous thing to do. So I went in there in the facility. I stayed there for like two days, got some sleep, had some IVs hooked up to me, saline flush, went home, was That's good like as a, new. Like a detox ne- Never looked. Yep, yep, never looked back. Wow. Congrats. Never looked back. So when you guys met, were either of you into drugs and alcohol like that? He was. He was already there, mm-hmm. but you weren't. So you would Not watch yet. him party, and you yeah. just weren't doing it. Yep. I was out right behind him, though. <laughs> you were <laughs> ready to doing, catch he, up. Marshall's never been like a real big drinker. His thing was Vicodin back then. You know what I mean? I, mean, I, I never was into that, so I never was into pills like that. So. Did you ever Man, try it? Thank God those kids left. Did I ever try what, Vicodin? Yeah, did you ever yeah, try yeah. with the drug? But it just wasn't for you? Yeah, it wasn't for me. I didn't get it. Um. So what do you do for a good time now? Like... It's hard for people who drink to understand how people don't drink. Yeah. Um, what has sort of replaced? Because generally, as you know, you're in recovery. I was just telling Sype before, recovery oh, never re- ends. He's recovered. Yeah. You're, see, like he said, he's recovered. I said there's no such thing as recovered. Yeah. It's just a permanent process. Yeah. Um, what do you do to scratch the itch? Because we're all trying to scratch something, whether it's validation or food or sex yeah. or drinking. What does Royce the Five Nine do to make himself feel good? I keep myself real busy. Keep myself real busy and real goal-oriented. Like, I try to set a whole lot of short-term goals and just stay focused on them Ooh. and just keep hitting them. You know, rather that's creatively or me as a dad, me as a husband, just trying to get better. Oh, that's great. All across the board, you know. And, it, and it's tough because, you know, you can also have behavioral relapses. I've had a lot of those over the years, especially during the pandemic. 
You know what I mean? So what were some of the behaviors you really wanted to avoid getting back to? A lot of the things that I found myself doing that I used to do when I was a raging alcoholic. Arguing with other rappers, arguing <laughs> with fans in the comment section, you know, just not policing my energy. You know what I mean? Anything you that love I love arguing with rappers. Even guys. even even anything that I can look at in retrospect and say to myself, I'm not proud of that. And I, I try to correct it. Bro, I feel you so much. I, I totally feel you on that. There's so many behaviors like that that are all... Yo, Saif, you know what you should listen to? Because we've been talking a lot about addiction recently because Saif's a food addict. You're a foodie. No, foodie and food addict. Yeah, no, no. Two, Two different, different things. things. Yeah, you could be a foodie and be <laughs> I, And you could be a food addict and not have be a foodie for shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should listen. There's this podcast called Joe and Charlie. It's, it's these two old dudes interpreting Alcoholics Anonymous, the book. Like, they, okay. basically, they basically break down the big book over, okay. like, 10 hours. Okay. And, yo, man, they always say, like, you want to find a drunk? Show me someone who's complaining about everything. Yeah. Show me someone who was wronged by everyone else. Yeah. Show me someone whose ego is hurt by everything that happened. No accountability. No accountability yeah. whatsoever. It's always someone who fucked up your shit. Mm-hmm. You would have had this, but they did this. This person's cool, but ah, and you could basically find an addict yep. in almost all of those circumstances. Yes, sir. So it's interesting that the behavior sometimes you have to look hey, for. What? Is this my intervention? Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! WWE. That was for dramatic effect. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, oh, Sif, we've been having your your intervention slowly on the podcast. We got. I, I need a more rapid fire intervention. Yeah, he needs one immediately. <laughs> So what's the what what are the goals professionally right now for you, Royce? Yeah, as we um, wrap up. Right now I'm working on a Courtney Bell's project. Y'all heard of him? I just heard. I was just having a conversation about Courtney Bell. I'm executive producing his project. I'm helping him out. He's amazing. He's you a rapper I mean? from Detroit. Yes, sir. I love doing things in the community. Um, I love doing things in the mental health space. I just like to help. You know what I mean? And also making music in between that. That's awesome, man. Now is it addicty for me to say that I get annoyed? Maybe you do too. Maybe you don't. Maybe you. Maybe I, I feel like you're beyond this. I get annoyed with how loosely people talk about mental health. How loosely? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's become just a catch-all word. A lot it's of a, talking a, points. Yeah. It's a yeah. social media hashtag. It's a yeah, social yeah, media yeah. catch-all. Oh no, but you know what? I I appreciate. He talks about mental health, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Oh no, he has anxiety. Well, what do you mean? Uh, he gets nervous before he has to perform. Like, right, right. That's not anxiety. That's that's nerves. called normal nerves. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, has nerves, normal nerves. nerves. Yeah, anxiety. But every and mental every, health. Every mental health issue gets turned into like slang. Like, it's oh, my house is down. so clean. I got OCD. Yeah, that's not what OCD Yo, is. That's so true. Everything. That, oh, I got ADHD or ADHD. People, people are, are attempting to water it down a little bit, but the good thing about that is it's, still, it's bringing awareness. At least the, true, true. At least the conversation up, yes. is being hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I like that, that. That it leads people towards the direction. It does away with the stigma, but it creates a new one. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, you know, a word gets used a lot? Toxic. Toxic. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because you are toxic. Wait, what? You're a toxic male. Oh, thank you. Um. What should we do while we're in Detroit? We're about to wrap up here. Sife's leaving in five minutes. Okay. What if you if someone comes to Detroit for one day? What do you recommend? Go to Mom's Spaghetti. Mom's See? Spaghetti. What is, are you invested in Mom's Spaghetti? No, sir. So this is just this is just your enjoyment of delicious spaghetti. It's delicious. <laughs> go to Urban Necessities. All the sneakerheads, make sure y'all go to Urban Necessities. Urban yeah. Necessities. Uh, Urban Necessities okay. is here. Go to, go to Coney Island. Go to Coney Island and go to the strip club. 
I'm sorry? Strip club. The strip club? Yes. Strip club's a good here? Pick one. They're good all great. Here. They're fantastic. Really? What's yeah. the one? Is there one? Um, Kino. Damn, That's Kino's, Kino's, the, real, Kino Kino's Kino. the real purple. Kino may have went to the strip club already. What's the strip club to go Kino, to? Kino, as he's on FaceTime with his family, he has not gone to a strip club in Detroit. If there was one that you went to, where would it be? Allegedly, it would be one downtown. Oh, Legends. Oh, Legends. Legends. If you were to legends, go, but you legends, don't go. Legends downtown. You heard people mention that one. He's heard people mention If, Wait, if, I, if you go. No, if yeah. you were to go. And now, real quick, uh, we mentioned Kino a bunch of times. Yeah. You, are, you and Kino are one of the rare combinations who I've always seen together your entire career. Yes. How old were you when you met Kino? Mm, 18. 18. I met him at Ebony Showcase. At, oh, so between. Yeah. You met him in that period in between. Yeah. And, and what was he doing? He was, was he, were you managing anyone yet or no? You were just a dude? He was a comedian, Saif. What? Oh, really? Kino was, he was trying to be up? a comedian? He was doing comedy. <laughs> oh, he's wrapping him up now. Yeah, we got um, Ladies and gentlemen, make sure for Royce the 5 and 9. Thank you. We got to give out some things. Oh, we're going to give out some stuff. Come on, Billy June. Don't hurt yourself. Hey, listen. One up is life. Everywhere you catch podcasts, all over YouTube. Follow us. One up is life on social media. Give it up for Royce the 5 9, ladies and thank gentlemen. You, thank you. Thank you all so much. Oh, I could have used these. They were right there the whole time. Monster socks. I still, right can't, here. I still can't believe I got a ticket by the fashion police. I know. By the way, I, I, I think that was messed up with that guy. Did. I feel like if we throw this out, we're going to kill people. We'll hand them out. What are these? Socks? Yeah, There's socks. Some socks, some T-shirts. Uh, this feels safe. I these, don't know. Are, uh, these are underwear. Thank you for hanging out. Make sure you go subscribe I'm and want Epic this Life. One. Shouts to Monster Energy. Back. What is this? What do you think? A towel, maybe? It looks like a towel, man. Any Puerto Ricans here? <laughs> Wait, Saif, you can't just give it to Puerto Ricans. He's Mexican. Any Anything closer to a Puerto Rican. Big shout out to Royce to 5'9". Shouts to Kino, his manager of Forever, our dude. The whole Monster Energy Sneaker Con teams who held it down for us. If you want more from Sneaker Con, all kinds of stuff. We talked to Black Milk, had a great conversation with Black Milk. We also just did more behind-the-scenes hang-in. Plus, every week on Patreon, you're getting just full original episodes. Make sure you sub to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash is life. We appreciate you. Stay mage. And we love you.